I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Well, happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you doing on this fine day? Doing pretty good. And you? I'm doing pretty well myself. Thank you for asking. I sound pretty good with your new board here. Yeah, we're a little bit quieter. Amazing. Maybe that's what sounds good is the fact that I'm a little bit quieter. Yep. Finally muzzled you. Yes, finally muzzled me. I am done. Finished. Just like all of those MAGA Republicans, those evil, evil beings. Those 75 million scumbags? All 75 million scumbags. I can't believe Joe Biden gave his address in Pennsylvania and stated that the evil MAGA Republicans were out there and just terrible. I didn't realize he lived in Philadelphia. He gave his address? (laughs) Ha 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 ha. He gave his address. His address. Yes. So we had Biden give his political speech where he used the Marine Corps as a backdrop, and he cited... I I should note that Biden cannot be cited for the Hatch Act. If you are unaware, if you are a federal employee and you politic while you are getting paid, you can actually get charged under something called the Hatch Act for violations of politicking while on the government dime. The president and vice president cannot get charged under the Hatch Act. And so Biden gets to go and say whatever he wants against former President Trump, who may be running, may not be running. But he called all of the people who supported Trump, they were MAGA Republicans. He called them a clear and present danger to democracy. Called them fascists, didn't he? He called him fascist. Well, he said, what was the near fascist? It was like a a quasi-fascist. And then later on said that they were fascist. But it was a a half-fascist statement before it turned into a full fascist. Well, a fascist is one that promotes fascism. And that's a system of government led by a dictator who typically rules by force, and often violently suppressing opposition. Well, his force, he's used executive fiat, so I don't know if that's considered force. He signed more executive orders in his first day, his first week, his first month than any other president had done. But he also said that guns would not work for the so-called two-way supporters that and I say so-called in that he was calling them so-called not that I think supporting the second amendment is you know so-called but he said if you don't have f-15s to use against the government you don't stand a chance because they have superior weaponry so he was essentially saying we will use our full government force, and you stand no chance. So why would you even support your puny little guns over there? So basically, 
He's a fascist. He is. I mean, he did arm the Taliban. He actually, his pullout, his terrible pullout in Afghanistan helped to arm the Taliban. And I believe they're a pretty uh, one-sided regime. Yeah, they don't believe in a lot of things that a lot of the Western world believes with women. Yeah, no women's rights. Suppress them. Yep. It's just kind of interesting that we had a, basically had a Republican congressman that used to be in our district that clued us into the fact that whatever they accuse you of doing is exactly what they're doing. And I would say that accusing the right-leaning folk of being fascist is a pretty uh, point-back-out-yourself situation. Absolutely, and we just had a uh, senator from Wisconsin, Mr. Ron Johnson, basically said the same thing as our former congressman said. You need to look at them because they're the ones that are the problem-causers. They're the ones that are the esterers. If you look at all of the riots peaceful protests, as they called them, across the country the last few years. It's now become commonplace in some cities. And they never did a darn thing about it. It's funny that you bring up the riots in some cities because it was just recently reported that one of the Antifa riot arrestees in there in Portland um, was charged in a child sexting operation so this individual had been arrested multiple times during the riots in the summer of 2020 and portland had dozens and dozens of days where they were not just rioting out in portland but they were targeting and attacking federal buildings and certain people Well, this individual was arrested multiple times for his participation, and he was often released without any bail, and then they ultimately dropped the charges. So, Aubrey Ryan Quinn Ward, age 25, was recently arrested again in September of this year in neighboring Washington County following an online investigation into pedophiles. And he, the law enforcement posed as children on social media platforms, and this particular individual traveled to meet with a child for sex, but was instead arrested by law enforcement. And what is so even more interesting about this guy who was violent, arrested for felonies for his summer of violence there in Portland, He was just, again, even for child pedophile-related charges, was released with no bail. Zero bail, and they think that these guys are just uh, pure as a wind-driven snow. When I hope that now that he's been picked up for this, he gets prosecuted in some jurisdiction to the full extent of their laws, so he can go to prison for a long time. He was caught at something, but just because he was caught, How many things has he done that he was not caught? Right. They didn't arrest everybody every night. They couldn't arrest everybody every night as far as the riots were concerned. So, in fact, the Portland uh, government officials and police department had a stand-down order and allowed these individuals to 
congregate and collaborate on public property before going and attacking federal property. And the feds weren't allowed to go after them unless they were specifically on federal property. So they would go and attack and then regroup on state property and they would go back and forth and back and forth so neither side would do anything and we're trying to pretend like they never caused harm mayhem i mean people were assaulted people went to the hospital and yet we're trying to pretend that it was oh how did they put it up in washington the summer of love and everything was just so peaceful yeah we allowed congressmen senators assemblymen mayors governors to perpetuate this stuff and to actually stir the pot so to speak and allow them to continue to do this and our government officials in dc claim that this january 6th thing was far more serious the insurrection what well, sounds like if you look at the sum total of the parts things up like uh, things like this up in oregon were a January 6th every day for multiple months, if not years. Yes, and it wasn't just Portland. You saw it all over the country. You saw officer or former officer, he was retired, Dorn, get killed while attempting to protect a friend's uh, place of business. You, that, and that happened over and over again. We saw people die. We saw people get murdered. And we're supposed to believe that some people who did bad things were way worse than other people who murdered. And I, if you look at the video, and I do implore you to attempt to look at a lot of the video that has been released from January 6th, there are some people who did assault police officers. And it's on video. You can go look for yourself. It did happen. And then you saw other sides of the same building where people were waved in from one area to the next, where conversations were happening. Hey, guys, make sure not to touch anything. This is a sacred building. And they would say, oh, yeah, okay, we won't touch anything. So you have multiple stories from the same place. Conspiracy or not. And and yet, if you were to go attempt to firebomb a federal building in Portland, Oregon, you're just an average schmo who's not going to get arrested, and you can go on with the rest of your day. Zero bail, go on with your life. Yeah, but if you decided that you wanted to make America great again, or you decided to be a part of 75 million people voting for Trump, you are a threat to democracy, and you should be cast out right all of us 75 million me included know that we're not we know where the real problems lie we know who the real troublemakers are we know that these lifelong politicians are the problem they need to be voted i repeat voted out of office to never return and we need to put people in their place that will vote for term limits because I believe that is a big part of the solution. Let's get the money out of it. Get the lifelong politicians out of it. And it will be a start. Not the be-all, fix-all, but it'll definitely be a start. Well, we can hopefully start on the right foot. I mean, we have, if you look at Trump's office in Miralago, and it was raided, the FBI raided 
under the guise of having a warrant. And I say under the guise because they actually have Trump on record with many different avenues that they are pursuing him. They told him how to secure the documents that they knew that he had in his office, so it wasn't a surprise. And some will say the Presidential Records Act requires that he turns things over to the federal government. And I would be inclined to agree that there's a lot of things that should be in public record, but our past politicians have shown that you can pretty much take what you want and you will not be gone after. Yet here we have an individual who is now being gone after. He's not one of the in crowd. He's not one of the top dogs. He was the outsider coming in. Obama, do not be fooled. Obama took presidential papers from the White House. The Clintons took presidential papers from the White House. The Bushes took presidential papers from the White House. It is not uncommon. And the actual Presidential Records Act doesn't have any teeth. It's more of a suggestion. (laughs) And maybe I read that wrong, but it seemed to be more of a suggestion. No, I believe you're right in both avenues that it's more of a suggestion. And it's also the fact that Trump helped expose Biden's son, Hunter. Now everybody knows he's corrupt and crooked. Everybody now knows that the FBI is two-faced. Let's just call it what it is. And I don't care if you say it's the upper leadership or if it's the uh, down-to-earth supposed officer that just, you know, roams the streets and does his investigations and such because they have an option. And I've heard that before. They have an option to not do what their upper leadership asks them to do, especially if it's unethical And it's not legal. So one of the things that I've seen a lot of, and I I know we've talked about it before on this podcast, which is when our congressional individuals get up in front of Congress, in front of their committees, they call somebody up there, and they do their little dog and pony show about pretending they care about what they're what they're investigating. Sometimes they seem to care. Sometimes it just seems to be a show for sound bites. But Congress oftentimes will subpoena documents. We heard for what the better part of six years that Congress, the Democrats, were entitled to Trump's tax returns. And I would hear a news story every so often, Democrats demand Trump's tax returns for the last X amount of years, whatever it was. They say they're entitled to it, and it's gone back and forth in the courts for years. So the Republicans have come out asking the Department of Treasury for documents on Hunter Biden, and they've been told no, just straight out no. And I understand that technically, in Trump's case, there was a lot of no's for for getting his tax returns, But we were told over and over again by the media that Congress is entitled to that. They have the right to investigate. So why is it that when Hunter Biden's financial information is requested, there is a response from the U.S. Treasury that says only Democrats can request that information? I wonder why only Democrats would be able to 
request that information? Is What's it, their reasoning? Right? I'm trying to figure out that reasoning, too, because apparently they told Republican lawmakers who were seeking the information that only Democrats can have that information, so they would not be returning over any of the requested information. So is that department led by an appointee, or is it led by a career the employee? The top, top person is an appointee. Okay, so then basically that appointee is standing up for his boss and not allowing it to be requested by the Republicans and only the Democrats. And I hope that people that follow politics look at that, read it, and understand it. I have an issue, though, with them wanting anybody's taxes. Okay, is Trump a billionaire? Yes. Does he do a W, um, a 1040 short, 1040 easy? No. Do you think he knows everything that all of his accountants that he hires and pays knows what they're doing? No, but technically when you sign on the dotted line, whether in pen or electronically, you are claiming to know everything that is in there. Right. Although, I mean, if we're all honest, even if you did a 1040 easy 1040 short form or you did the long form do you think that you know and understand everything that is going no, on in what that they're document? looking for is a bottom line number they're saying okay he's a billionaire well let's see what the billionaire paid in taxes oh my gosh the billionaire used every loophole that we as congressmen and women put into law so we could get around paying taxes Wait a minute, he's doing exactly what all these other billionaires, millionaires do, following their laws. Right, because if you look at the tax returns that have been released of even the members of Congress who have attempted to run for president, they've even taken every single deduction and loophole that they claim and vilify, that they claim is terrible and they vilify. They have taken those as well well and that right and that's the way they set this tax code up so they need to quit whining they just use it for a word that you hate me saying all the time which is optics they do it for optics they want the ignorant american people if there is any out there that don't understand a tax code like me so i guess i'm a little on the ignorant side um, oh my god the guy made 985 million dollars and paid 1110 dollars in taxes that's not fair he needs to pay more when they don't understand that he does pay corporate tax, they pay tax in the millions. Look at uh, Mr. Elon Musk when they were going after him for his taxes by Miss Elizabeth. Elizabeth Warren. So when Elizabeth Warren looked into his taxes, him being Elon Musk, oh my gosh, he didn't pay his fair share. Well, I beg to differ. He paid over a billion dollars in taxes. But it's never enough. More than she could pay in 10,000 lifetimes. It's never enough. And it's easy to poke at the other guy and say they're just an evil rich person there's no number and that's how they keep their self in power yeah they divide and they conquer period speaking of billionaires let's speak of billionaires well i guess we had an heiress to a billionaire kidnapped and found dead Yeah, she was a teacher living uh, near Memphis, Tennessee, and she was abducted, and it appears that they have found a body. They are verifying that it is, in fact, her, but the individual who has been accused of the kidnapping and murder, they haven't charged with murder, but accused of the kidnapping, um, has previously kidnapped 
somebody out of Memphis, and that was a, an attorney there. So, unfortunately, Miss Fletcher, who was 34 years old, mother of two, kindergarten teacher, was forced into a dark, well, was forced into an SUV while she was out on a jog, and they have now found her. A body that they suspect is hers. Well, the U.S. Marshals arrested the guy, 38 years old? Yeah, he was 16 at the time he did his first abduction that he was found to have done. Well, it's amazing how fast they found a DNA sample on a pair of sandals near where she was last seen. Yeah, it took under a week. They already found the DNA sample, connected the DNA sample, and then um, arrested him. It's just amazing the crime that's going on in the United States of America right now. So in a not-so-great segue, I would like to segue to education. Um, yeah, this is just a terrible segue, but I'm going to take it. I am very sorry for Miss Fletcher and her family. She was apparently a billionaire heiress. Um, which is no reason to kidnap a person, and it's not her fault. I do want to say that because some people seem to blame the victim. Um, But I will segue into uh, a school topic, a school-related topic, which is we have seen uh, over the course of the last two and a half years, depending on your jurisdiction, classes being open, classes being closed, online education, uh, masked children, children who have to wear shields and masks. We've just seen all kinds of um, various ways we've gone forward with education over the last couple of years. But one thing that caught my eye with regard to whether schools were open and whether schools were closed and how things were going was the White House press secretary. She just recently claimed, as of Last Thursday, so here we are on Throat Punch Thursday, as of last Thursday, she claimed that Republicans prevented schools from reopening sooner than they would have. MAGA Republicans? All those evil MAGA Republicans that demanded that schools never be closed, always be open, or be reopened, be mass-free, be just very much open, She has now claimed that it was because of Republicans that they did not support schools reopening. I find that untruthful. Of course, we wanted the schools open. Like you said, we never wanted them closed, any of us. And we had somebody in charge that uh, saw to the fact that they were closed. Yeah, and many union officials actually advocated that the schools remain closed And the union officials are typically left-leaning. They typically side with Democrats. Democrats typically side with the union officials. It's a nice little simpatico relationship, I think you would say. But they claimed that it was Republicans, those evil MAGA, MAGA Republicans, but those Republicans who caused schools not to be open. Of course, they're they're history revisionists, and they're going to continue to try to rewrite history, especially up to the midterms here in a month or so. That's why they're bomb-throwing, flame-throwing the way they are right now and trying to make the Republican Party, whether you're a a Trump supporter or not a Trump supporter, you're you're in the middle, middle middle-right, left-right, right-right. 
Yeah, and just so our our listeners are aware, if you want to go and look at how well we've done in education, reading and math scores have fallen sharply during the pandemic. And for America's nine-year-old age, they fell dramatically for the first two years of the pandemic. And according to a new federal study... Um, we have seen reading scores that saw their largest decrease in 30 years and math scores that had their first decrease in the history of testing. And some real PhDs around the country are saying this is going to take five to 10 years plus to get back on track. So one of the things that was thrown out semi-early on, I would say a year and a half into this pandemic, was actually holding kids back and just having them repeat an entire year and so you would have basically double the amount of school-aged children because they would all be held back a year that you would add double the kindergartners so you would end up with double kindergarten and then you would just move through the years as such and that double kindergarten level would make its way through the school year one year at a time so instead of if your school normally had two classes of kids, that particular year would end up with four, you know, for every year until that that class went away. Isn't it amazing to sit back and see what happens when you let one supposed genius help make all the decisions, even though probably 95% of them were wrong? And I'm sure he got a little bit right. But then you had all these folks that just jumped right in line with him and believed him listen to him, and now we've got a royal mess. We have thousands of companies that are out of business. We have supply chain issues still, which they say that's going to take a long time to recover, if it does, in fact. And we still have schools wanting, like you said, uh, wanting them to actually still mask up and still keep students out. It's just it, it's so interesting at my age now, at this point in my life, to to actually see this stuff unfolding in real time. It's interesting at this point in my life, too, to see all of this stuff unfolding and see how how when you, if you as a quote-unquote lay person um, see something and you say, hey, you know, I'm just looking at this. I may not have an expertise in this field, but something just doesn't seem right. You're just too dumb to get it. And you need to listen to the expert. And it's it's interesting because as a kind of a side thing, as a woman, there's a lot of people who talk about in the medical field, let's say, like, speak up for yourself, advocate for yourself. If the person doesn't seem to be getting it, you know, keep explaining yourself. Don't give up. Talk about what's going on. If they don't understand what you're saying, find another doctor or just... Have them understand, same with like if you're having a baby and they try to force you into a medical procedure you don't want, you need to advocate for yourself. So I'm not a medical expert, but I'm kind of an expert of what I'm feeling. And I don't mean emotionally, I mean physically. I'm an expert of what I'm feeling. Hey, I'm in pain. Hey, I'm not in pain. This is what I'm going through. This is, you know, how I'm feeling. Again, physically, not emotionally. But you have people who will shut you down or just try to push you into one particular avenue. And then to to talk about another expertise, which would be 
Dr. F, who claimed to have, you know, the top level expertise in this field, if you said, hey, I kind of know my body, I kind of know what I'm, you know, studying here, and I may not be an expert like you as a doctor, but I kind of understand stuff, you were just told to quit thinking. And that's what gets me. You're told on one hand, hey, you're a woman, stand up for yourself. You understand yourself, advocate for yourself. Then we get to this other avenue, shut up, do exactly what you're told. He's the expert. And it's just mind boggling that we would have same thing, a medical field, but one, you're allowed to talk and the other, you're told to shut up. Yes. And that's what money does for them. That's what money does for him because there was far more experts, far many more experts that were in the know and had more expertise than he did. But because he controls the purse strings for hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars to hand out in loans and grants, he was able to shut people down and make them shut up. But now truth be told that we have congressional hearings and such. Now that this thing's winding down, we get to see the real experts speak and they're actually making him look like, unfortunately for him being 80 years old, they're making him look like a buffoon. Kind of matches our president, and our, our president was the one who was holding him up, saying, under him, they said he would never be fired, he would always be held up, he would always be the number one, and it turns out they're kind of two peas in a pod. I guess somebody else was propping them both up. Yes. Speaking of money, though. And let's talk about let's money. Let's talk about money. Let's talk about propositions in California, and we just talked a few minutes ago about people pitting one group against another, MAGA Republicans against the Democrats. Well, now we have the Indian gaming propositions, and it looks like we have multiple tribes or multiple organizations going against each other to see which one is going to get their proposition voted in so they can get more money. And a lot of it goes to the tribes, and they're throwing homeless in there again because here we're going to throw more money at the problem, thinking that it's going to fix it with housing. Because that's the commercials I seem to be seeing as they keep showing pictures of people building houses and apartment complexes, and they're going to take homeless off the street. Well, you'd think after hundreds of billions of dollars that we've spent on that, they would figure out that housing is not the problem. It's their mental mindset, their mental condition, and how you get into that part of their psyche and you fix that. All of the money that they have spent, we should see housing complexes, because that's the solution according to them. We should see housing complexes for the homeless all over the place. Everywhere. Because that is what they claim is a solution. Money, housing, done. Okay, where are the housing complexes? Why haven't we seen more? Well, the housing is in the people that are running the programs because they're the ones buying the big multi-million dollar houses. Uh, Yeah, it's their housing. Just like uh, one of the leaders of BLM is actually getting sued for pilfering $10 million from the BLM fund. For his own housing and his own goods. And we are seeing that over and over again, which people are donating endless amounts of money for the quote unquote good cause. So whether it's support BLM, donate to the national BLM movement, support getting people out of jail as Kamala Harris touted. And we talked about last week, support the get out of jail fund. And we just see all of this money getting tossed around, but yet we're not seeing the good and the solutions come out of it. No, we are not. You know, I was just thinking about that get out of jail thing right when you said that. And I think that 
a couple of these DAs across the country must have been the night before playing Monopoly. If anybody's played the game Monopoly, it's an old school game. Pretty good. A lot of fun. And there's a little card that you can get when you go to jail. It's called a get out of jail free card. So one of them DAs must have been getting a lot of those cards when they were playing Just the game. Hand it over. So they oh, figured they'd pass it out. it out to some bad people. Yeah, a lot of bad people got to get out of jail free, and we've seen we've seen the uh, outcomes, which is more crime. We haven't seen less crime. The bail fund didn't just help those poor people who are getting wrongfully arrested by those evil police officers, but we've seen them recommit crimes, recommit bigger crimes, and still they deserve to be let out. It's because... It never affects them personally. No, and if it does, that's when they'll actually maybe do something. But thinking of things that affect you personally, do you think Gavin Newsom was affected personally when his in-laws took the uh, start of the pandemic and skipped out of California and skipped out of Gavin Newsom's choices and went straight over to Ron DeSantis in Florida. Well, I'm thinking if I can say this on our podcast, I would bet he's a little butthurt right now. Yeah, he probably is. And not only did they skip out on the state as if that wasn't bad enough, they donated four figures to Ron DeSantis and his reelection campaign. So apparently they not only skipped out on their son-in-law, but they decided that the person their son-in-law appears to dislike the most at this point because if you look at Gavin Newsom, he did some campaigning against Ron DeSantis in Florida saying like, oh, California's great. You can come here. Come enjoy our freedoms. And the Floridians are like, what freedoms? You kind of shut everything down. But it, if you look at it from kind of a high-level view, it's not a surprise that Newsom would run against Ron DeSantis in this kind of governor versus governor situation because they both appear to be the potential front runners for 2024. They might be lining up for a presidential run. So Newsom is already lining that up and going against his first potential competitor. That's why I believe as a simple guy that if Trump, bows out or steps aside, I think he's going to put his full weight behind Ron DeSantis. And I will say I personally hope that Trump does bow out, not because I I believe he's gotten a raw deal. I believe there's a lot that he has gotten a raw deal on. But I also believe I would like to see someone who is not another... 70 plus year old getting into 80sville you know guy i don't want by either and I, I think you should enjoy your retirement years be retired enjoy it maybe you want some business dealings enjoy your golfing i don't mean it as a negative to him i understand all kinds of people can run want to run at all different ages but i, I think him throwing his weight behind ronda santos would be good yes and it'll be interesting to see if he, in fact, does that, and who will step up as a VP-type candidate? Because this potential election here coming in 2024 could be for all the marbles in this country. And when I say all the marbles, I mean us really going down a socialist, quasi-communist path or getting kind of back on target to where we're 
back to being a representative republic. Right. And for those kind of looking into what's going on in the midterms, we saw a big push for Republicans, a so-called red wave coming in November 2022. And at this point, it seems to be petering out and leaning more blue. We're not seeing that huge red wave that was claimed to be coming that had people fired up. We're seeing a lot of people still do the blue no matter who sort of campaign and situation. Like it doesn't matter what happens as long as you continue to vote blue and you're burying your head in the sand and you're deciding that you really don't care. Like if you really don't like money, just cut it all over to the government. If you don't know in your taxes, you're allowed to make payments to the federal government extra. Just give it to me. (laughs) If you don't like living in a representative Republic of free nation, just give me your money. That's what you're doing anyway, right? You're giving yeah. it away. Then feel free to live like they do down uh, way, way, way south of Mexico. Go ahead. It's funny that you bring up Mexico. I know you said way, way south of Mexico. But something that's come out pretty big and pretty hefty is that Mexico City locals are fed up with Americans moving into their city. Finally? Yeah, they're fed up with Americans going down there and gentrifying the area. So they want Americans with their English language, no Spanish language skills. They want the Americans coming down to Mexico City to stop. Get out. They don't want to. Well, that's pretty interesting, though. Do you realize that there's a pretty big Chinese population in Mexico City, too? There is a large foreign population. In many different parts. Yes. And it's kind of funny that anyone who has a large population who wants to go somewhere else would also say stop coming here. And I I don't mean that like just for America. In many countries they have strict requirements for immigration. I know Australia used to have one of the toughest. If you weren't from there... No bueno, you could not become a citizen unless you married somebody who was a citizen. And in Japan, for example, it's very hard to become a citizen because many people believe that if you weren't born there, you're never really going to truly assimilate. You're not going to accept them as their as your own. And you're not going to have the language skills like the birth language skills that they believe you should have. And I will say, when I was in Japan as a high school student, one of the things my teacher told me all the time was to stop speaking with an accent. I didn't know how to stop. How to stop speaking English with an accent or Japanese? Japanese. To stop speaking with the accent that I was speaking with. Well, if you would have stayed there longer, you probably would have gotten that out of your system. I would have had a better opportunity for uh, speaking Japanese without the... Big time American accent, but I don't, I, I never would have been truly, truly accepted. Right. But just imagine how a Texan would speak Japanese, y'all. Have a little twang to it. I'm glad we weren't in India this week on a carnival ride. Oh my goodness. That was terrible. I saw the video. 50 feet is a long way to fall on yep. a ride. And they just straight fell to the ground. Yep. 
Five children hurt multiple people. That's crazy. I so as a a side note, it's not an India thing. It's a all the time thing. My husband does not approve of carnival rides, so he we may go to a carnival and we might play some games or or walk around, but he's not. Is it the big. lack of trust in the assembly of the equipment? Yes, he had a personal experience in which he ultimately felt extraordinarily unsafe. He was not belted in correctly, and after that, he just, it's just a no for him. So the carny ride operator was acting just like a doctor that thinks you don't know what you're talking about. They know better than you. They know better. Okay, so let, let's uh, switch gears here. Okay, let's not quite switch gears here. No, actually, let's completely switch gears here and go back. Let's go in reverse. So one of the things that I remember about Trump being president is they would calculate how many times he's gone to golf, if that was considered a vacation, what he did on his time off, etc. But we are now seeing Biden... On constant working vacations to Delaware, he went to, I believe it was South Carolina, to a donor's mega mansion and all of that. But anyway, um, all of his time spent in Delaware, which at some points is more than 25% of his time, those times in Delaware, they don't record who sees him. And I'm not talking about his vacation time. If Bob the neighbor comes over, knocks on the door and says, hey, Joe, let's hang out and have a beer for old time's sake, whatever. But they don't record all of his official presidential meetings, who it's with, what he was doing, what his calendar schedule was, what he accomplished. And when you're in the White House, all of that is recorded. It is as they say, public records, public record. presidential records uh, of what he was doing, when he was doing it, any papers, anything. They record nothing. Well, I'm not talking about any type of slavery or anything like that. But when that person, and I say that person, no matter who it is, Trump, Bush, Biden, Obama, when they're in office, we should own them. 100% of their life basically should be on record. And I'm not saying that he can't take, I mean, you just put in 3 p.m. President went and sat in the sand while waves washed over his feet. 3.35, President went and washed off his feet and took an official phone call. 3.37, phone call ended. Like, we don't, it's, he can take a vacation. He can go put his feet in the sand. He can go walk on the shore. He can go bicycling. He can do, eat an ice cream, which... We've seen many videos of, but it's recorded. It's recorded who he met with, when he met with them. And if it's a she, future president she, it's recorded when she, you know, met with someone, what they, what the general topic is. I understand they can't always talk about the topic. There might be national security concerns, but you would say president met with cabinet secretary, president met with foreign ambassador so-and-so it there still needs to be a record but apparently every time he goes to Delaware we all of a sudden get blocked out of what he's doing it's nice of a minute that's a little shady it's very shady and where are all the records people at same thing happened when Mr. Obama was in office a lot of the sign-in logs 
going into the White House mysteriously disappeared. A lot of the phone records mysteriously disappeared. Oh, and you know what else disappeared for a long time? They talk about how bad Trump was and the records he has. and stuff. Something far more serious when Bill Clinton was president. Do you know what the football is? I do know what the football is. It's got the nuclear codes, the launch codes, or the launch capabilities. So if we need to follow the president around, we need to have a nuclear launch right there. Football is the launch capabilities for the president. And it was open and known within the White House and the Pentagon that he lost the football for seven months. So we had no ability for seven months to react to a nuclear strike from another country. Yes, seven months. Wow, not seven minutes. Nope, seven months. Not seven hours. Seven days. Seven weeks. Seven months. Wow. But news media didn't make a big deal out of that. That's no big deal. Who's going to start a war? You know who would start a war? Who we were threatened with every minute of every day starting a war? Trump. We were told... All the time, Trump was going to start a war. And you know what? No new war is under Trump. Trump's out of the White House. Now, you can say that Biden didn't personally start each of the wars, but Russia invaded Ukraine. Kind of got a war going on there. Afghanistan looks a little dicey. Uh, Israel and Palestine aren't doing too well. Yes, and we're flying B-52s over Iran right now, or at least over the edge of their borders because tensions are high there as well. And we wanted to re-sign. Yes, a nuclear agreement with them. Right. But it's interesting, you know, we keep bantering about with these records that he held in his house at his home at Mar-a-Lago. Yet we're now finding out that within those presidential records, guess what else was all of his medical records from when he was president, number one. Oh, really? That's, you know, necessary. Several of have. his tax documents they seized. And they were already looking at going through that in courts. And magnificently, they got exactly what they needed without the court order. I mean, but it was a side court order, but now they can share it with their other little FBI friends because they'll enter it into the record and then people can look into Everything seized during. Yes, and hopefully that time. the special master that they have authorized to oversee this thing looks at it from a nonpartisan view and says, "You know what? We've gone too far here. Seal them records back up. These go back to D.C. These stay in his presidential library. Knock it off." Who was Trump's attorney general? So I think one quit. I want to say Barr might have been. Bill Barr. Bill Barr. William Barr. William Barr. So, okay, I have been hearing a lot lately from him basically throwing Trump completely under the bus. No no special master should be appointed. FBI, full reign, that the special master is nonsense. Trump's at fault, yada, yada, yada. So... I understand he worked for former President Bush as Attorney General. He seems to be a little too entrenched. Yeah, he's another deep stater. Someone that Trump kept around from the old school that just shouldn't have been kept around. That's why I would have fired them all from day one. So last week we talked about the FBI or the ex-FBI agent 
who had a role in shutting down the Hunter Biden laptop probe. Peter Stroke or the other one that has recently resigned? Timothy. Tebow. Tebow, yes. Tim Tebow. So there was a lot going back and forth, all these different breaking news stories over the last week as we've been bringing you this on our podcast. So it was that he was eligible for retirement. He's done more than 30 years and... Uh, The investigation into his role had nothing to do with his retirement, that it was all fake news and false information and that he was already planning to retire. And then it's, oh, he had a role in the Hunter Biden laptop and suppressing the story, getting social media to say that it was all fake news and block it. And then we hear that he had actually nothing to do with it at all whatsoever. That it was, not only was he just the FBI agent who happened to be there, but he had nothing to do with it. So, do with it. So it was, he had everything to do with it. He had nothing to do with it. He doesn't even know Hunter Biden's name. <laughs> like we heard all sorts on the spectrum from right to left. Well, now it's come out. Further questioning a former Biden uh, whistleblower, Tony Bobulinski. Um, shows that just two weeks before the 2020 presidential election, we have this laptop from Heck come out. So we already hear about it. But then we have evidence that he talked to the FBI and then it falls into a black hole. So we have a computer shop owner who turns over this laptop falls into a black hole. Tony Bobulinski comes out, talks publicly, talks about it, goes to the FBI, tells them what he knows, falls into the black hole. And now we're supposed to believe that this guy, this leader of this particular FBI shop, just had no idea that the son of a potential presidential elect, presidential candidate at the time, His laptop was out there. He just had no idea about it. Wasn't talking to anyone, wasn't doing anything, was just out in la-la land, is what we're supposed to believe, that all of this floating around, that people talking about it, whether it's a, a shop owner, whether it's someone who's done personal business with Hunter Biden giving big press interviews, I mean, that stuff goes straight to the top. And we're supposed to believe that this top-level FBI guy just had no knowledge. Never heard of such a thing. Baloney. We know he had 100% knowledge. These people all know what's going on, just like we've had FBI, I'll call them fortune tellers, have come out from behind the scenes and said that they authenticated that laptop in 15 minutes. They knew his phone and his laptop was 100% his. Right, and so they also know not only was it real, but that Bobulinski was able to corroborate. He was interviewed by the FBI for more than five hours on some of the information, which corroborated that it was, in fact, authentic. And again, we're supposed to believe that the former VP, the leader going into, as far as the Democrats, the leader of the Democrat Party going into the presidential election, his son is in a bunch of hot water, his laptop is causing a scandal, and this FBI agent 
just has no idea. Well, he's also being accused not just of hiding the information, but hiding whistleblower information too. That would be the what Bobolinsky came out with. So he didn't just try to suppress the story. He also tried to suppress witness testimony. Yes, and uh, they know that Bobolinsky was telling the truth. Number one, former business partner of his. Number two, former U.S. Navy intelligence officer. Top secret security, Top secret security clearance, holder. clearance holder. They knew he was not a fake. They knew he was not doing it for you know his five minutes or 30 seconds or 10 or 15 minutes of fame. He said he would rather not be there because yes. his name got thrown in there. So he's trying to clear his name. He wanted to clear his name because he was a, an American patriot. Right. And since he did work. So if we put it together, since he actually partnered and worked with Hunter Biden and the Hunter and Hunter Biden's laptops coming out with some pretty gosh darn salacious stuff. Yes. yes. He wanted to distance himself because he was a partner. Now everybody's going to say you worked with that. You worked with the prostitute having drug using, possibly dealing. There was stuff about children. Um, all of that, that he was, in fact, tied to Hunter Biden. So he was trying to clear his name. Hey, top-level naval officer, I got a security clearance to keep. He used to work for the NSA. Don't tag me with this. I was a business guy. Don't I don't know about all this other stuff. But yet they hid all of this from the American public. So I know some people will say the machines may have taken votes and switched them. That is one argument that has been thrown out there and it's gone back and forth. People have looked over the machines. I will say suppressing a story that big is theft enough. Yes, that was theft of the election. You can take all the votes and put them however you'd like because I'll say it again as I've said in probably 10 podcasts. There is no way that a guy sat in his basement for two years and ate paste comes out of the closet or comes out of the basement and garners more votes than our first black president in history. Uh-uh. Like not, him or not, not, Obama was a better, yes, much better person. Oh, he was. Than, a, as far as like gathering votes, not knowing the thousand, human as thousand an individual, but thousand percent. more there, charisma, yes. more ability. Yes. And he might be a nice guy. I don't know. I don't know him and I never will, but I know that, what you have just said is 100% a fact that they swayed this election by using all these social media outlets by allowing them to have the FBI come forward and say, Hey, this, this thing's bogus. Don't believe it. Cause let's be clear. We were allowed to talk 100% of the time on Trump's ties to Russia and the Trump Russia collusion. That was not a suppressed story. They didn't block it. They didn't put a tagline. I don't think I've ever seen a fake news tagline on the Trump-Russia collusion stories ever. Not in 2016 and not on the ones that have been repeated since. No, and the interesting thing about throwing their own officers under the bus, here you have Bob Alinsky, former NSA, top secret holder, uh, Navy intelligence officer. Then you have um, another person that worked for Trump that supposedly was a Russian asset. Come to find out, he was a CIA operative as well, and he actually... Carter Page. Carter Page was not a double agent, but he worked a lot overseas garnering information for America. For the CIA. He yes. had permission. He was an asset. Yes, he was an asset of theirs, yet they tried to destroy him as well. But he, he was one of those guys that was not going to stand for it. 
And he actually sued the government. Um, uh, it's to me, it's interesting because I am just that it's just my cup of tea. But Carter Page sued the government over falsely um, tapping his phones and tapping his informa- uh, computers and all of that under false pretenses because a lawyer for the FBI fabricated an email, altered it. So to me, that's a fabrication. It wasn't a complete fabrication as if from scratch, but altered an email. I guess that would be the better way of putting it to make it appear that he wasn't an asset. So that way they could then um, tap his phones and start reviewing him because it was a FISA. So it's supposed to be foreign. But long story long, that FBI agent was uh, found guilty. They actually brought him to court because it was found that he fabricated evidence. Found guilty, and I don't remember if he actually served time himself or if it was just a fine, house arrest, all of that. I, I will have to look into it and get back to you guys. But Carter Page sues saying, hey, you used fabricated evidence. You altered this email. That's how you got the warrant. You infringed on my rights as a United States citizen or uh, here in the United States, blah, blah, blah. And the government just dismissed the lawsuit saying it doesn't matter if evidence was fabricated. You have no right to sue the government. They have immunity. So even if your rights are infringed, even if an FBI lawyer falsifies documents against you, guess what? Can't do anything about it. Case dismissed. They make up their own rules. They do. They make them up as they go, and that happened to one of our great generals, General David Petraeus. Basically the same thing. He was a hero during the Gulf War, helped save us in Fallujah and, and those areas. And then he has documentation at home. This would fall into the kind of Trump thing. It was top secret stuff or secret, classified and he had a girlfriend, or he had an affair with the reporter, and the information happened to be at his house, and she read it. I don't know if he let her read into it, and I guess that goes to a need-to-know thing. Well, I think they just wanted to get him out, and that's why that whole thing got started, strictly because he was getting ready to turn and burn on Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but we won't go after the Clintons. Not now, not ever. You can... Can a whole, uh, you can, ble- what is it, bleach bit? Bleach bit. All government-related information, and that's okay. That's okay if you can all the documents that belong to the government. That's okay if you had top-secret information. And, in fact, you want to talk about presidential records. It was known that Clinton talked to Obama on, quote-unquote, burner phones. On burner phones, there was presidential related information there Obama ever get gone after for all of the the information that he should have had on his side that would belong to the federal government that should go into the National Archives nope that's because it's a Democrat not a Republican no but we'll go ahead and uh, give Obama an Emmy for narrating a documentary I'm going to have to listen to that documentary and see. Uh, I'll grade him, see how well the job he did. See how well he did. If oh, I, we'll if I would have voted for his Emmy. 
So in other news, things going on here in the United States, we have Governor Abbott in Texas continuing to bus My people. My man. <laughs> Continuing to bus people across the United States to help alleviate the crisis at the border. And in fact, just recently, he has started busing people to Chicago. Chicago, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, has deemed her city a sanctuary city. So, in seeing that they are very welcoming, uh, Governor Greg Abbott sent 50 more migrants on a bus to Chicago. And do you know what Mayor Lori Lightfoot said about his sending migrants what to did Chicago she say? that he Greg Abbott is manufacturing a human crisis and it just makes no sense to me by sending people from the border to Chicago that's manufacturing a crisis the people coming over the border and Overwhelming Texas, not a crisis. Oh, the 200,000 or so that are coming across are not a crisis. But the 50... 50 in the bus are. Uh, in a bus are manufacturing a crisis. How about all the weekly shootings in her city? Well, I mean, don't they That's need to replace... Do they need to replace all the people shot? So, I mean, it should be good, So, right? it's a one-for-one one exchange, unfortunately. Unfortunately, there is a... A lot of shootings. Yeah, it's uh, epidemic in and biblical of biblical proportion there. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about water. Let's segue to water. California has none, and everywhere else seems to be flooding. What is up with that? Mother Nature is mad at California and happy with the Midwest? I don't know. Mississippi got flooded, and so they have been having a problem with their water supply, the pumps, in their water supply being overwhelmed by the flooding, so then they went days and days and days without access to water before finally getting it back. In Kentucky, they were just getting storm after storm, flood after flood. Georgia has seen flooding. California, I will say in the Central Valley, we got several summer storms, which seemed to not happen over the last few years, but this year we had several, which to me hasn't happened in quite some time. But we did not see flooding. We saw, well, wait, uh, I'm going to correct myself. Somewhere across the 10, I don't know if it was on the California side or the Arizona side, but they had some flash flooding, I think, that took out part of the roadway. Might have been closer to Arizona because they were also receiving some torrential downpours. It's just amazing to me that we need water and other people are getting it. Rains every day in Kauai. And we can't just somehow reach. I, I know we have natural waterways, but pipe it. Pipe it across country. Pipe it across. They're going to have these experts are going to have to sit down and come up with a fix because if we're going to continue to build housing tracks like the one across the street from us here in the Madera side of the Central Valley for 100,000 more people and then from. Uh, let's say, let's go from Fowler Avenue all the way to Academy and beyond into the foothills. We're building thousands of homes. If you don't have water or infrastructure for water. And you're adding more people. You're adding more people and you're taking away ag land. You don't eat and you don't drink. So you bring up another good point. Um, with the water and not having the infrastructure, something that I've seen a lot lately in, in photos is the low levels of water at Lake Mead, 
Colorado River being at historic low levels, uh, cities and counties not able to get enough water, so they have to do water restrictions because they get their water from the Colorado River. So we have a water... We have so many people who need water, whatever your your per gallon water is a day, 55 gallons, I know is a number that's been thrown around, should be enough for you to go to the bathroom, do your laundry, drink water, cook, etc. And then if you have a household, instead of 55, if you're a household of two, you get 110 a day, etc. But we've added so many people. And now our feed off the Colorado River, out of Lake Mead, out of all these places, is heavier. But we want to say that climate change alone is the only source of the problem and not people relocating in large numbers and our consumption, even our natural, usual, and customary consumption being a problem. I have not heard a single person say, Oh, well, Southern California or this city or that city, which feeds off of Lake Mead or out here in Arizona, which has seen exponential growth. All of these places that take that water and use that water. I have not heard one argument that says, oh, we have this many more millions of people. And just based off a normal usage of 55 gallons a day, this is how much more we've used in the national progress of time. So therefore, if you take... What we were at, minus that number, this is the true, you know, amount that we've lost through change. Excellent point. You know who I blame all this on? Water shortage. Me? I drink too much? Amazon deliveries. Amazon deliveries? Yeah. Why Why are they at If fault? you look at the literal thousands upon thousands of trucks across the country with Amazon... So they're the ones that are creating the climate change because they're using so much more fossil fuels now that it's altering our environment and it's changing the weather. Because now you can order something on a Sunday morning and have it delivered by Sunday night. Just think of how much fuel it takes to get that from point A to point B in one day. And they're doing it by the hundreds of millions daily to Amazon. Just kidding, boo-boo. Not just Amazon, but I mean, that is a good point. That, you know, everybody going to their local place, we now have to drive, well, at least here, drive farther, use more fuel well, to get I, to these I'm places. I'm being tongue-in-cheek, but in actuality, if you start running the numbers on just our deliveries alone around the nation or around the world, fuel consumption, diesel, jet fuel, and unleaded gas has gone up by the millions of gallons. I, I go buy an Amazon plant every couple of days and there must be a thousand trucks out there loading up and that's only one hub out of hun- potential many? hundreds of hubs okay so not just water and not just amazon although amazon if you didn't know in 2020 shut down their use of solar panels because they kept catching fire so uh more issues even when they go green we have electrical issues and fire issues and consumption that's another consumption issue but something that i was thinking about with our local heat wave here in the central valley it has been very hot we have been told to cut our consumption we have been given our nasty grams 
or whatever you want to call them, by our electric company to cut your consumption from 4 to 9 p.m. It's a flex alert or else they're going to just start doing rolling blackouts. But our local heat wave has been testing the grid. And this, after California declared that there would be no new gas cars after 2035 sold in the state. But as an aside, no new gas cars for you and me. By electric. But gas cars for the government are still good to go. But we have these flex alerts. We're told to quit consuming. And yet we're supposed to add more consumption by everybody turning to these electric cars. So we already can't handle things here and we're going to add more. But let's not forget that it's not just cars. We have moved to no new gas stoves in California over the last couple of years too. They want all electric stoves. They wanted to cut down on gas stoves. They wanted to cut down on gas dryers, go electric. So we've been forcing more electric consumption. We don't have the infrastructure and now we're being told we're over-consuming when we're doing exactly what we've been told to do. Doing what you're asked to do. Yep. And, and that's what they've done in England, Germany, France, and all those little European countries over there. There's several more, but they listened to some little girl who thought it would be awesome to go green. So Germany started the process, and then they all started going green. And now guess what? Coming up on winter... 2022. They also get cut off by Russia. Because Russia has cut off their natural gas. So they get to go green just like they declared they would. Yes, and unfortunately for the populace, they're the ones that are going to feel the pain and suffer. It's not going to be the ones that are in public office because they're insulated with their payments and with their housing. But these poor people that own restaurants and own little pubs and own little knick-knack stores... Now we're going to have to close, go out of business, or they won't be able to afford what they're doing. Yep. All, in, all in the name of going green. Yeah. Even even in California, as we just said, one of the other go green tactics, solar. We've seen solar farms pop up all across California. We've seen wind farm for years. But one of the other things that California demanded was that all new houses built after a certain year had to have solar installed. There were certain requirements on that. But I declare this, in my opinion, to be a scam. Because California required that solar be added to houses, many of the companies then went and got leased solar for the consumer, for the household buyer, to take over So who benefited from that? The leasing company gets the money. The 30% tax credit goes to the leasing company. And now that homeowner has to pay for a lease payment. Plus they won't uh, produce enough solar. So then they're going to have to make monthly payments. So you have the lease payment plus the monthly payment to PG&E on top of that. And that entire kickback, that entire 30%, went to the company who sold the house or at least whoever they partnered with. They got the 30%. They get the lease payments. And then on the back end, there's often a buyout agreement that doesn't favor the consumer. So it was calculated at one house that we were looking at. We were, we were out, we were looking at this house and we were told that it had a lease on it, but we were also told 
what the payments would be, how long they would be for, and then what the buyout would be, plus the 30% credit, they were making tens of thousands of dollars extra on these houses for those leased solar panels for the the force of the government of going green. Well, here's the interesting thing, if I can add just a little tidbit of info to that. These contractors being forced to put solar on houses. The sun direction, in the way it rises in the east, sets in the west. Its angle in the wintertime versus the summertime. A lot of these houses, the roof lines... Are terrible for solar panels. They do not face south. That is the best option for solar panels is to face them as far south as you can or at a direct... 168 to 180 degree angle south okay can't do that on most homes so you face them west a little better face them east they don't work face them north they really are not very accurate or uh, the 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 production is production the harvesting of the sun becomes very minimal so you have to stack on more and more panels to make up what you could do if you just went true south or pure south. if You, you went could. the right direction. Yes. Yep. So there's no benefit on a lot of these homes to putting the solar up because the roofs simply do not point in the right direction. Or the roof line that does point in the right direction has something over it, on it, different um, pipes or different, the, the angle of the eaves and stuff like that. Maybe it's too short of a, a spot, not enough of a roof. It just doesn't work. Well, and that's what left me scratching my head about going green in Europe, England. Let's just use England. There's not enough sun. There's no sun. They get like two months of sun. So, so they was, must have a lot of windmills. I lived there from the end of February to mid-August quite a while ago. I won't say exactly when, but I lived there for a period of almost six months. And there were two weeks that entire time that I was there. I was in the middle-ish of the country but there were two weeks that entire time, and they were not two consecutive weeks. It was one week at one time and one week at another where the sun was out, sun was shining, it was warm, and in fact, it seemed like the whole country almost stopped. People were outside on the grass, just lounging around, relaxing, enjoying the sun. No one was hustling and bustling. It seemed like no one really had anywhere to go. It's like, the sun's out, we stop, let's enjoy it. That's kind of like in Hawaii when uh, surf's up. Everybody goes surfing, there is nothing else, absolutely. And that's what it felt like, and then the sun went away. But I kid you not, for six months, out of an entire six months, and that included summertime, that included the long sun being up, sun, you know, not really going down till 11 o'clock at night, it getting dark, and there was two weeks of summer. Yeah, see, and if they've developed the technology yet over in england they'd be better served putting those friction devices in the road so as the cars drive over it it creates electricity but better yet the french have developed some really super duper nuclear power plants oh but we don't like nuclear that's not the kind of green we want and it's funny because some of the greenies there are now going backwards and saying hey we need to get these plants fired back up or we're going to freeze to death this winter and we're seeing that here in California as far as our summer is concerned and looking at future summers as we just extended our shutdown process for the last nuclear plant here. We are not shutting it down in the time frame we claimed. Yes, and it's very interesting wrapping that part of this up is four years ago before the United Nations, Donald Trump, president, talked about fuel consumption 
and relying too heavily on Russian natural gas if you were in Germany. And the whole German delegation, and I just watched this on the news again today, laughed at him and tried to make a joke and a mockery out of him. Well, now every one of those that was sitting in that meeting is now eating crow because they're begging for natural gas right now. There is just no follow-up to the truth. I know. Truth hurts, doesn't it? Truth hurts. And sometimes that truth can be reflective, like you realize you were wrong. But then sometimes you're just in awe, at least I am, by the truth coming out. Like, oh, hey, when I was told I was a liar, now it's coming about that I, in fact, told the truth. And this is another example of something that he said that has come out to be true. And it, it it's funny because um, watching... Biden's speech the other day in which he vilified the evil MAGA Republicans. Some of what I saw in response to that was, I don't see any of the Republicans coming out and refuting what he said. They're just up in arms that he was mean. And it really made me think, like, if somebody turns and points to you and says, you suck, do you have to spend your whole time proving that you don't, in fact, suck? Or do you just move on? Like, hey, you're, you're kind of spewing nonsense over there, and I think you're hateful, and I'm going to move on now. But instead, what is being brought out is you now need to prove that you are not, in fact, what somebody said you were. But here we have a situation, just going to a side, where Trump spoke the truth, and he was vilified. And I don't hear too many people coming out and saying, you know what, hey, I was wrong. And Trump was right. That's actually very good because that's a profound statement because even some dude like me, you know, sometimes tries to spend way too much time explaining to somebody that I'm not what you think I am and you need to look beyond my eyes and look in my heart because you're not looking at the right person or the right thing. So I can agree with that 100%. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.